Why you can't sleep. I'm going to tell you why you think you can't sleep, and then I'll tell you why I think you can't sleep. Hello, hello, this is Lara Pareka, and oh, sleep, glorious sleep. <laughs> let's just talk about sleep for a quick minute, and let's dive deeper into what the real issues are. Why can't people sleep? Why do we get irritable? What causes us not to be able to sleep? And you might be saying, oh, for sure, it's just stress. But let's talk about the, uh, the outcome of not being able to sleep well. You have weight gain, very apparent when we don't sleep enough, we eat more. Um, a lack of creativity, a lack of clarity, you know, that foggy brain when you're trying to work, um, let alone being so tired that you have to take a nap or you're yawning in front of colleagues. A decreased immune system. That's big. We get sicker when we don't sleep well. That's really, really big. And then, of course, the all-famous irritability. Oh, how irritable we can get when we're not sleeping well. We take it out on everyone around us, even the dog. Let's not do that. Sleep, glorious sleep. Many would tell you the little tactics to handle that. Like they'd say, oh, it's because of the light. So you're going to want to make sure it's really dark when you go to bed. Uh, exercise in the morning, because if you exercise at night, you'll rile yourself up. Um, light therapy, get that light in the morning, fresh fresh uh, out of bed. Make sure you go outside and get some light, some, some vitamin D. Um, avoid sugar and carbs. Watch out for that caffeine, you know. For me, after 2 p.m., it used to be like, nope, don't do it. Some people say after 6 p.m., but the truth is, after 6 p.m., if you go to bed around 10, you still have 50%, 50, 50, 5-0% of that caffeine racing, coursing through your veins. So there's caffeine, nicotine, oh boy, that keeps people awake. Now, these are all things that are called tactics. But what about if we dig a little deeper, not just to, you know, routines or things that could help us to have a broader view of it. But let's get to the real cause of the not being able to sleep. Because if you have a real serious reason keeping you from sleeping, and even if it's a small reason for uh, keeping you from sleeping, sometimes doing all these little tips and, and uh, techniques, they don't really work, right? We've tried it. We've tried taking that melatonin and still tossing and turning. We've tried uh, yawning deep before bed, oh, right, like a cat does, and stretching and still not being able to fall asleep. So if all these little tips and techniques don't work, how can we really solve this problem? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> you can change, but you've got to do it by changing your mindset. And when you change your mindset, you'll create better self-care. And so this is a holistic view on what you can do to have more wellness in your life, which includes sleeping better. So first, let's talk about what's right about not being able to fall asleep. This is a technique I do with my clients about starting out with thinking what's right about their problem or their addiction or the thing that's wrong in their life, their lack of habits or whatever. So what is right about not being able to sleep? Well, you might say, well, if I've got that important talk the next day at work, it's because I need to go over it. I need to make sure that it's going to be good, that I'm doing, going to do a good job. 
Or you might say, um, if it's stress for in a relationship, well, I need to think, I need to solve this problem. So first, stop and think, well, what's right about it? Well, it means that you care. It means that you're a sentient being who wants to do right. So pat yourself on the back, all right? You have a good reason for not being able to sleep when you dig down deep to what's, what's right about not being able to sleep. Uh, let's take a look also now, now that we've relaxed and taken a deep breath and realized, okay, it's not bad, right, that I can't sleep sometimes. What, um, well, let's take a look at why we do harmful things anyway. Why do you do what you do? You've heard me sing that song before. You know that it's bad for you, especially if you've heard me speak live. I said it before and I'll say it again. Why do you do what you do? Well, the truth is that the real reason we do what we do, those harmful things, is to reduce some sort of pain or angst or to put in, ourselves in a better place. Um, we, we oftentimes will be not feeling right about something. And so we're going to do things that try to make us feel more right, try to make us feel better. So if you ask um, an addict why they drink or smoke or do harmful behaviors, they're probably going to tell you uh, a little hint into the why, which is it all boils down that they're trying to get some sort of relief trying to reduce pain. And so even for those of us that think, well, we're not addicts, well, you know, it's all a matter of degree, as they say in law. It's all a matter of degree. If an addict is like an eight, nine, or 10 on a scale of one to 10, you might be a one or two or even a four or five if what you're doing is a harmful thing. If it's, here's the thing, an addiction is any behavior causing you harm that you can't give up. So that means the housewife who cannot give up arguing with her husband when he comes home late and making a big deal over when the kids get a poor grade in school uh, or the career woman who cannot stop shopping. She's got to get those new shoes and that purse, right? She has to have that handbag or the person who overeats. You know, all of these people might say, well, I'm not an addict like an alcoholic, but on a scale of one to 10, you know, you could be honest with yourself and say, if I just haven't been able to give that problem up and it's causing me harm, it's a behavior I'm doing, well, you might have a little more compassion now for the alcoholic or for the drug addict because you realize, hmm, it's just a, it's on a sliding scale there when we talk about addiction. And we can all learn from paying attention to what the deeper reason is. Some people are addicted to the internet, some people to food. Some people to shopping, some people to sex. Heck, um, what's his name? Gabor Mate, he was addicted to classical music. <laughs> so you can be addicted to something that pulls you away from what you should be doing and you know you shouldn't, and you gotta dig deeper to find out what that is. Now, you might be thinking, what does this have to do with sleep, Laura? Well, sleep is just another, um, let's say, let's call it the, the canary in the coal mine. When you're having a hard time sleeping, it's a sign that something else is going on. So just taking a sleeping pill is like if you had a headache and you just took an aspirin. It is not solving the problem, it is merely muting it. It is merely getting you through the night or the day. 
and then you still have that problem again later. Better would be to find out what's causing the problem in the first place. Um, <clears throat> dopamine. Dopamine is something that our body creates, right? Naturally, most people, but some people, they need to find other things to help them get that rush. And so most people can, let's say, for example, most people can go shopping and not get addicted to shopping. Most people can have a drink and not be addicted to alcohol. So there could be something deeper, you know, going on that gives you the probability to be addicted to certain things compared to others. But regardless of all that, what is the, the what is the pain you are trying to avoid that is causing you to have the problem you have, which could be sleep, not being able to sleep, or could be a myriad of other things. Did you know some people can be addicted to power? Oh yeah. They have insecurities or inferiorities that they cover up by feeling powerful and having to get that raise and having to be the best salesperson on the, in the group or having to be the CEO of the company and then of another company. Yeah, it is true that we do tend to cover up whatever it is that we don't want to dig deep and repair. But we really need to take a look at those deeper things. Let's see how close to an addict we really are. They say, actually, Gabor Mate says, fears that the addicts have. Here are the main three fears I remember him saying that they have. The fear of death. Oh, wow. Well, probably because they're putting themselves in such harm's way that that's a real possibility. The fear of others. You know, when we don't connect to others, we feel like we're the only one who has the problem we do. We make it even harder to get better from whatever our problem is. We have to recognize that others are good and can be our friends and can help us. And we have to learn to ask for help when we need it. And then thirdly, um, your own mind. <laughs> Addicts often fear their own mind because they don't feel like they're in control of it. And guess what? They're closer to the truth than the rest of us because none of us are in 100% control of our minds. It takes a lifetime to just gain a minimal amount of control such that we can not have buttons and not have people push our buttons, right? If, if you don't have any buttons to be pushed, then nobody can push your buttons. But that is difficult because so many things hail from childhood. So what is causing you on those nights that you can't sleep? What's causing you to not be able to sleep? And deeper than that, what can you do to get to a place where you're so aware and so in touch in, to that intuition, that inner knowing that you're able to solve your problem? Like let's say, for example, with the headache, to be able to not put yourself in a position to get the headache so that you don't have to take the aspirin. Not put yourself in a position to be so tossing and turning and stressed out and wide awake when it's time for you to sleep so that you don't have to have that problem. How do we nip it in the bud? How do we get ahead of it? Let's get ahead of it by paying attention to the present. You know, we live in a culture that rather than filling our human needs, creates needs that are unnatural for us to be to fill. Then we need to fill. Think of... Um, French fries and potato chips and 
Doritos, for example, the chemicals on there to make it so salty and so perfectly delicious that you can't just have one. <laughs> Was that Lay's potato chips? You can't eat just one, right? The, the scientists who invent, who create those sauces and flavors to put on them will not feed them to their children, I have heard, and he, uh, won't eat them themselves. They're addictive, not because we... we uh, we think that our culture cares about us, but the truth is really money money makes the world go round. And so a lot of people are really, they don't want to hurt you, but they care more about profits. So if they can sell more of a non-food item, for example, or cigarettes or alcohol, if they can sell more of them, they will find ways that they can make them more enticing to trick your brain and to trick you and to get you to do something you say you don't want to do so that they can make money. And once you realize that, you start to say, hey, wait a minute. I do not want to be bamboozled. I do not want people to get one over on me. I'm going to pay a little better attention to this. Even think of that smartphone in your hand right now. <laughs> How smart is it? Is it smarter than you? Well, maybe because you probably look at it 10 to 20 times more often than you should. It takes up way more time of your time than it should. It causes people to not be able to sleep. It's just another thing that makes it hard for people to sleep is uh, their telephones, their smartphones. So since we know now, we've established, we live in a culture that rather than filling our human needs, like one of going out into nature, although we do have in America a lot of parks, which I would say is a great thing that our forefathers did. But in general, most people, when they're starting to feel like they've been working too hard and getting stressed out, they don't automatically say, I'm going to stop off at the park and throw a frisbee or take the dog out for a walk or just stop for a minute and, um, you know, watch a sunset. Most people don't lean towards the natural ways of de-stressing and calming our minds and grounding ourselves. Most of us, most of the time, lean towards unhealthy ways of solving our problems. Yes, you heard me, me included, most of us, because we live in a culture and we live in a society that is geared towards that. Most of us do have some bad habits, some bad behaviors to solve our problems. So if sleeping, if having a hard time sleeping is one of your problems, <laughs> then why you can't sleep might be deeper than you think or than you thought. So from now on, one idea is before it gets to that point where you know you can't sleep. Because you know it's going to happen again. You know it, right? Be proactive. And yes, I could say be proactive by don't having a big meal before bed. Or just go listen to music or read a book before bed. I can give you all the tips and techniques. You know, avoid light exposure, that blue light from your screens an hour before bed. And yes, all of those are helpful. But really, if you dig down deep... In order to not be in that situation in the first place, what can you do? What can you do? And you might say, well, I would have to quit my job. Well, well, so be it if it's that desperate. But I would probably suggest that more often than not, we think our problems are worse than they are because we haven't taken precautionary methods. We haven't done things along the way to solve our problem. So now with this one here, talking about not being able to sleep, we might, we might want to take a look at 
getting in touch with ourselves and thinking, what can I do for some self-help? You know, you can say to yourself, you know, Laura was saying that I really need to work on my mindset. And this whole wellness focus in modern times is good. It's, it's way past good. It is so necessary that now we have to look at it. Whereas had we started to look at it, you know, a decade or two ago, sooner than we did, well, we'd be in a better position indeed right now. But what you can do is start from where you are. So right now, are your feet flat on the floor? Are you barefoot on the ground? Because that's a great place to start. Walk barefoot on the dirt or or on the sand or on the grass and just get grounded. Think of being proactive to your inability to sleep late at night or any of these other problems that I mentioned or even addictions. Even people with addictions have often been able to get more in touch with themselves, what they really need, do some self-care, be more mindful, and let wellness be more a part of your day before, be proactive, before you get sick or before you have any major illness or any big problems. I hope this helped. This was really important to me today and I focused on it a lot because I've been traveling and you know travel can wear on your body. Uh, caring is sharing. So if you can think of anyone who needs to hear this episode, please do share. And until next week, go out there and live your best life now. You can do it. Hey, and by the way, go get some sleep, glorious sleep. Bye-bye.